We will not be moved. For the Lord is in him we cannot lose. Though the shadows surround us, we will not feel no We'll trust in the Lord with our hearts in your joy. Oh, let me remind you, though the night may Joy is coming. Joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to you. All praise to Jesus. Cause I know joy is coming. I know joy is coming. Yeah, that joy is coming. Yes, joy is coming. Come on, clap your hands with us, everybody. Yeah. Sing it again. Say, we will not be. We will not be shaken. And we will not be. We will moved. not be. Though the shadows surround us, we will feel no evil. Oh, trust in the Lord with our hearts in your joy. We'll dwell forever. Live loud, everybody. Sing, though the night may be joy is coming. like this right here. Again, let me remind you that the joy of the Lord is your strength and he will shine upon you. Yeah. Now everybody clap those hands like this. Clap those hands. Clap your hands. Your light can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. Yes, it is coming in the morning. Help us sing, say, your light can drown, your light can drown and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. It's morning time. See, in the morning. Oh, your light can drown. Coming in the morning. One more time, see right there. Your light can drown and bring us joy to life. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. In the morning. Before the night makes it Help us sing it. Joy is coming. All praises to you, Jesus. 
Joy is coming, coming, coming. All praise is to you, Jesus. I know joy is coming. Yes, joy is coming. Your life can drown out darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning, Jesus. In the morning, Jesus. In the morning.
and praise him. We thank you for the light, God. God, we thank you for your light that shineth upon our lives. We thank you for your light, God. We thank you for your light, God. We're going to go old school and say, shine.
babies. They ministered through dance. They asked a vital question this morning. Do you love Jesus? Now it's time to show Jesus just how much you love him. Oh, don't get quiet now because offering is an act of worship. Hallelujah. It's time to put our love in action. And the word that God declares in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, every man according as he purposed in his heart. Oh, you got quiet right there. So let him give and not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. See, this is why you get excited. Because all of us can participate in offering. Not all of us can, don't know how to sing too good, but make a joyful noise. Amen. Uh, some of us can't get a, a good praying, but look, we're going to keep on praying until we get it there. But we all can go in these pocketbooks. We can go in these wallets. We didn't get a wall more than everybody. And the Bible said, render unto Caesar what is due Caesar, but render unto the Lord what is due God. So we're going to come with a cheerful heart. We're going to dig deep for Jesus and give our first fruit. What is owed and due to him. All he wants is a tenth. And look, God loves us so much, he'll get your ten percent back to you. He just wants to see if you want to be obedient. Amen. We have different ways to give. If you don't have cash, no problem. Just go to www.zionhill.com. Follow the, the prompts on there. One of them have a giving tab. Click there and we will take all major credit cards. Amen. Now, we, ain't, we don't do EBT right now, but if we need to, we'll probably have to look into the snap. It, it's okay. We just want to give to God. Amen. All right. Bless the Lord. I want you to see how cheerful you got when I talked about the food stamp. Yeah, that's how cheerful I need you to give on today. Let's go to God and pray. Oh, gracious Father, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And they that dwell within. Father, we thank you, O God, for the opportunity to enter your courts with praise, to enter your courts with thanksgiving in our hearts. Father, on today, God, we're going to give cheerfully to you because you've been cheerfully given to us all the time. Even when we weren't worthy, God, you still reigned on us. You still brought us out, God. So, Father, on today, God, we sow a seed, oh God, that it may manifest in the earth realm. The Word of God declares what you sow in the flesh, you reap in the flesh. And what you sow in spirit, you reap in spirit. So, Father, we're trusting you on today with our first fruit. We're trusting you with our tenth, oh God. Knowing, oh God, that all things will work out for our good. Father, bless those that have and those that have a desire to give. Father, we pray a double-fold blessing upon them. For your word says, as long as the earth remains, it'll always be harvest time. So we thank you and we honor you. Forgive us of our sins if we misappropriated the blessing. We thank you that you are a forgiving God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all sin and evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. It's in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. And the people of God responded. Urshers, you may come forth in the name of Jesus.
Uh, Y'all realize this is a Jesus party, huh? Amen. Look at him. Say, man, you know you're at Jesus' party. Amen. I thank God this morning, God. He allowed me, amen, to answer the call. How many of you got a call this morning? That's why you're in the church house, because you got a call. And you answered the call. You know, many haven't answered the call, yet God is still waiting on them. But I thank God, amen, for the Jesus' party. Amen. We get ready for meet and greet. I was sitting down and I thought about when I was younger, we used to go to the record hop. I wasn't saved all my life now. We used to go to the record hop. It was 50 cent to go in. And I asked my mama for 50 cent. She said, boy, I'm going to give you 50 cent, but you better get your money worth. So I would dance till the last song. Hey! I would dance till the last song. I get back home, I say, Mom, I got my 50 cent work. Amen. So when you come to church, you need to get all that you can get. Amen. I, I, I made up my mind. I ain't leaving like I came. I came on fire. I'm going to leave on fire. Can I get amen? Look at somebody and say, catch on fire. Come on, look at him and say, brother, sister, catch on fire. You know what I found out? If you catch on fire, people will drive miles to watch you burn. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I said they would drive miles to watch you burn. How many ready to catch on fire and burn with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Some people get saved and they stop there. Amen. But I know just get saved, get full of the Holy Ghost. So the pastor's preaching so you can be a witness, so you can be an effective witness. Amen. Glory to God. So we thank all of you that come. Do we have any uh, visitors? Oh, thank God for you, sister. That's, that's a brother. Okay, thank God for you. What's your name? Amen. Glad to have you, sister. Welcome to the party. Amen. God bless you. The sister over here, sister. Oh, well, thank God, sister. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give him a hand. Glory to God. We thank God if you're visiting or not. We just thank God that you came out this morning because let me tell you something. When you got up this morning, enemy tried to stop you. He don't want you to come to the house of God. He don't want you to grow in the things of God. Amen. Can you imagine? Amen. I was, I've been up since 2.30 this morning. 2.30 this morning. Amen. But I thank God for giving me strength. Because I, I know when I come here, I'm going to get fed. Can I get Amen. Amen. So we thank God. I ain't going to prolong the time, but we thank God for everyone that came out. And we ask you, amen, to stand up. And you that, amen, tuning in by TV, amen, or television, whatever, amen, we want you, amen, to just, amen, receive the word of God as it comes forth. Amen. So you grow in your spirit. Amen. I heard the brothers telling the brother, I said, you know, a lot of us got relationship, but God's, we missing the fellowship. Mm. So it's not just getting saved, it's fellowship. After you get saved, you got to spend quality time with him. Amen. Some of them, God is still waiting on us. Amen. Somebody say, I'm going to spend quality time with the Lord. That's when you know you're saved. Amen. Glory to God. Say, so, amen. We'd ask everybody to stand up. Amen. And uh, meet and greet. Glory to God. And tell them God love them. And God love them. I love you too. Amen. God bless you.
Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible with you, will you please turn to the book of St. John, chapter 1. Amen. Please do not forget about our fall fest. That's our way of trying to provide an alternative to Halloween. So please make plans to come to church in the evening. Believe it or not, that's the largest event that we have here in this church. Over a thousand people will show up. So we want you to show up also to show your love. Amen. And please don't forget to vote. This is the season for us to select our elected officials. You have a civic duty to show up and vote. The book of St. John, chapter 1, we're going to read verse number 46. The Bible says, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip responded, and sealed unto him, come and see. While you're still standing, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Grass withered, flowers fade, but your word will stand forever. Holy Spirit, I pray for strength to preach. I pray that you help us to hear the word. And Lord, I thank you for your commitment that the word of God will not return void. Glorify yourself in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today I want to share with you about a job opening in the kingdom of God. Every now and then I get employers all around town, they will send me a job announcement for any members that wants to work in various fields. Today I have a job announcement and I want you to pay attention because this may be a perfect job for you. One of the things I love about United States, regardless of who you work for, there's always an employment package. Your employer, sometimes they will offer you a health insurance, some of them will give you a vacation package. 
Some of them will give you a life insurance. Some of them will even give you retirement plan. I want you to know that God is an employer. And believe it or not, God has a package, an employment package for those that work for him. In fact, I'm so sure of it that I know I would never be broke another day of my life. Why? Because I work for God. Now I want to give you an opportunity to be employed by the same employer of mine. I want to talk with you on a subject titled a ministry called Come and See. That's the department where there is a job opening. You need to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you work for God, you will never lack for good things. I'm talking from personal experience now. I wish somebody would have taught me what I know now. I would have been working for God since age five. But my preachers, they were slow. You cannot teach what you don't know. So freely I receive, freely I'm giving to you. One time he, he got 70 people employed by him. First he employed 12. Then he employed 70. And he sent them out. He said, you don't have to spend any of your money. I got your back. And sure enough, they came back and they were testifying all the miracles that take place. Then he asked them a question. When I sent you out, asking you not to spend one dime of your own, did you lack anything? You know Thomas was there. Thomas would tell the truth. Every one of them said, we lacked absolutely nothing. You know what I'm trying to tell you? There are many people who are struggling because they ignorant of the job opportunity to work for God. You come to church just about every Sunday to hear the word. That is you. But your life is incomplete if all you do all your life is being equipped you also must be employed. The church is not a place where you come and you just sit down just to listen to the preacher. Now, this is a ministry where you participate. You get equipped. That's what your pastor does. He equipped you spiritually. But of what good if I train you to be a lawyer, but you never go to the courthouse. That's a waste of training. So I'm grateful that you're coming to church to be equipped. 
But please learn to be employed in the kingdom of God. So my assignment today is to tell you an, a job opening, a job announcement. And I'm hoping that God will touch your heart to apply for the job. The good thing is that the moment you start to work for God, your struggling days are over. I feel I can close my book and go home. Now you see what David was talking about. He said, I've been young, now I'm an old man. He raised his hand in the courthouse. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth? The whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. He said, I do. He said, I never seen the righteous forsaken. Their children, they never beg for bread. That's the benefit of working for God. Your career is not your source. I'm glad you got all those degrees. I got some too. In fact, to be specific, I got four. I got terminal degree and post-terminal degree. But I can tell you, I can testify. The best job you can ever have is to work in the kingdom of God. Are you still here? So this department, there is an opening, and what they do in that department is called soul winning. What did I say they do? And this is the most important department in the kingdom of God. Everything else is secondary. You know, in every company, there's always a product where you make more money than the rest of them. This is it. This that is the most important to God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you today people like you who are already working in this department. I want to share with you what they do. And I also want to share with you the benefits, the employment package. All minds clear? The passage that I just read to your hearing introduced the ministry of Jesus Christ to you and me. Jesus is beginning his ministry, age 30, and is putting his team together. You know you don't start a company without getting your team together. Even God bless the New Orleans Saints. They got their own team. Sometimes I have to. <coughs> but, but they got their team. <laughs> you have to recruit people to work for you. So those coach, all year that's what they're doing. They're recruiting. So before the season come together, they put a team together. Here you find Jesus Christ recruiting his own team. And according to the word of God in John chapter 1, verse 43, 
Jesus found Philip. And he said to Philip, hey, dude, I got a job for you. I want you to come and work for me. And guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be fishers of men. Philip said, I like what I hear. And Philip joined the team of Jesus Christ. Then if you read John chapter 1 verse 45, the Bible said Philip went to work immediately. And he went and found Nathaniel. Guess what he told Nathaniel? He said, you won't believe it, but I believe I have found the Messiah that we all have been looking for. And he is from that little town called Nazareth. Nathaniel said, whoa, 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 time out. Time out. I was feeling you until you said he's from Nazareth. That's like somebody coming to you and say, uh, I know exactly where our new governor will come from. Is from the city of Calfax. Ah, you say, oh, dude, no, I was feeling it <laughs> until you told me it's from Calfax. You trip me now. That's why Nathaniel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And guess what Philip said? Well, you don't have to take my word for it. Come and see. There is a department in the kingdom of God that is called come and see department. Ladies and gentlemen, this department is very, very important. My message to you this morning is that there is a ministry for you. There is a ministry for me. There is an opening in the department of common see in the kingdom of God. Again, we see in the book of St. John, chapter 4, verse 29, Jesus was passing through a town called Samaria. And bless God, he stopped by the well. The Bible says he was tired and he needed some drink. And when he stopped by that well, he ran into a woman who was coming that afternoon to get some water. And ladies and gentlemen, if you remember the account in the Bible, Jesus and this woman talked about three things. How many things? Three. Number one, they talk about the water. Can I have some water? And the woman began to, <laughs> to talk logic. By the way, one day I'm going to share with you the problem of the church today. You dwell too much in logic. I, I was doing a research in the Bible. I went through the whole Bible and pointed out different areas where people fail to understand the mindset of God because they were dwelling in logic. It was easy for me to, I'm putting it together as a book, you know, it was easy for me to do that because as a lawyer, guess what we deal with? Logic. Trying to make sense to people. 
But the Bible is not about logic. Let me give you some example. One time, Jesus encountered a gentleman by the name Nicodemus. And Jesus told him, no, stop running your mouth. You need to be born again. Notice he got into logic. He said, look, you're not making sense. That's what lawyers do. How can somebody be born again when he's grown? Do you want me to enter my mama's womb again and be born the second time? You see, that's logical thinking. Many of you are not blessed today. You are struggling. My heart cries out to, to many people in the church because you are dwelling in logic, in common sense, and you are struggling because in the kingdom of God, the wisdom of God is not logical. Again, you see logic in this physic between Jesus and this woman. Jesus said, will you please give me some water? She went straight into logical reasoning. How are you going to ask me for water? You a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You know don't go away. We don't talk together. That's the same mess going on in Washington today. The Republicans won't talk to the Democrats. They all been logical and the country is going down. We need God's wisdom, not logic. I played that in the courthouse. But once you come out of the courthouse, you got to get into the kingdom of God. The book of James talk about wisdom that comes from above. That's where you find blessing. Jesus told this woman, and I really don't want to dwell on this. He, he's trying to, to meet her where she is. Jesus said, if you know who is talking to you, you would not be a smart aleck. In fact, you'd be asking me for water. The woman stayed in logic. That's what's wrong. I, can I be brutally honest with you? I would go to preacher's meeting. I would go, let me see the white revival. And they all gather, and they stay in logical thinking. I'll go to Deacon's meeting. All logical. Uh, two plus two equals four. Who told you that lie? In the kingdom of God, Amen. God can make one plus one equals ten. I'm trying to help somebody. If you don't believe me, how do you think two fish and five loaves is not logical? Try to help is get in God's thinking. You will find plenty of wisdom. God is my witness. I was trying to buy a house. The house is about four hundred thousand dollars. You know, we didn't have no money. My wife said, "This don't make no sense." I said, "Yeah, you are. You're very correct. Yes, Your Majesty." But show me we are signed the paper. <laughs> God is my witness. I signed that paper with no dime in my pocket. I've been in that house 
almost 20 years, I've never missed a single payment. Are you listening to me? There is a way that is much deeper than human knowledge. You see this building that you're sitting on? I'm just helping somebody. <laughs> it don't take much to understand the Bible. When it was time for us to build, we had no loan. Everybody advised me, brother, pastor, you don't break ground when you have no money to build. God is my, some deacons are here. You know what I tell them? I say, schedule the ground breaking. We are going to break ground with or without money. You are sitting in the building. Listen to your man of God. Silver and gold, I don't have that. But such as I have, I give unto you. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is victory in the name of Jesus. The Bible puts it this way. I don't write the book. He said, there are things that are impossible with me. That's right, brother. But when it comes to God, <laughs> all things are possible. Let me make a quick confession. My, my favorite scripture in the word of God is Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Do you know what it says? I live at that code. Sometimes my own family don't get it. I just pray for them and move on. That scripture says, if you can believe. That's right, Rebbe. All things are possible to them that believe. So the only question is, are you going to believe God? This woman is saying, look, Jesus, you're not making sense. How are you going to say you got water? You don't even have bucket to draw the water. You see, she stayed in logical. It's, it's, it's difficult for me to have a conversation with somebody who stayed in the logic. We walk by faith, not by sight. I can close my book and go home with it. If you really want to see God dazzle your mind. You know the Bible is talking about eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It's not even been conceived in the hearts of men. What God has in stock for you who love him. So you got to come up. To receive that, you got to come out of the logical. It's not two times two equals four. So even when the doctor have given up on you, God can do the impossible. Oh, I wish I get me a witness today. So Jesus talked to her about water and bring her out of the logical. Then they talk about worship because she's still trying to be logical. She say, you, you do your worship over there. 
We are Samaritan. We worship over here. And we don't mix. We don't talk. You white, I'm black. Uh, you, you Mexican. No. <laughs> Just logically. It makes my heart. Sometimes I want to throw up. Because I'm not as patient as God. When people stay in logic and they cannot see the power of God. There's a brother here. Uh, he's the CFO of this church. He, maybe he's not really a uh, strong, strong Christian. But you know one thing that he has convinced himself. He said, Pastor, I understand finance. I'm, a, I'm an expert in money. He said, I've seen so many miracles with your finance in this church. It blows my mind. He said, that's the only reason I stick around you. He said, everything you do doesn't make sense. His name is Ariel Davis. He's one of your members. He is single-handedly responsible for managing our finances. He said, it blows my mind. I'm just looking at it. But I see miracles after miracles. You will say, we're going to do it, and it get done. You will say, we are going on, and it gets done. One time we were trying to build that second building over there. We ran out of money. The bank recommended, shell the rest of the building. Stop the construction. I said, no, we're moving forward. The building got completed. Do you think I have a magic? No. I chose to believe God. I chose to come out of the realm of logic. Now, don't get me wrong now. I'm not a functional illiterate. That's why God makes sure I went to school like you. So I understand logic. I can meet you where you are, but you have to go beyond logic and go to the realm of faith. We are real miracles. Signs and wonders are taking place. Jesus had to help this woman to come out of the logical. And so once this woman realized, they talk about water, they talk about worship, and then she realized that, no, this, this guy, Jesus, there's something special about him. So she asked Jesus, will you please pray for me? Will you please give me this water that you're talking about? You have no bucket. You have, you have nothing to fetch the water. But I'm now convinced you got the real water. That somebody can drink and never thirst again. Good God Almighty. That's what Jesus said. The water that I have. If you drink it, you won't be coming here every day. That's the problem with church folks. You're coming here, you're fishing all night and catching nothing. And God said to Peter, cast your net on the other side. <laughs> it took him beyond the logical. So this woman finally get it. And guess what happened? Jesus said, before I pray for you, go bring your husband. If that woman stay in the logical, you know what she will say? The same thing you all tell your pastor every day. 
what does my husband have to do with this? See, this is what I'm dealing with for 27 years. And sometimes I just want to sucker punch you, but, but the Lord said, no, 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 calm down. Just, just work with it. <laughs> See where they are. Just, just, just do the best with what you got. But this woman have already caught up with the reality that this is a special man called Jesus. So she didn't force anymore. She didn't argue no more. She said, I don't have no husband. Jesus said, you sure are right about that. Because let the record show that you've been, you, you, you've been shacking up with five men. And let the record show you're, you're now with a, a sixth, number six man, and that ain't your husband either. You see, all of you dropping your head now. You see, oh, Rev, Rev is getting a little deep. All of a sudden, this woman realized he's in the presence of what she called prophet. We know Jesus more than a prophet. So guess what she did? She ran back to the city. And gather all of our customers. Don't look at your neighbor. <laughs> she brought all of them by all the men. By the way, one day I have to preach it. Women, you have some power that you don't know. One woman was able to bring all the men in the city. Stop. <laughs> That's some real power. Yes. I'm just trying to, to keep it real. She brought all those Negroes. <laughs> you know what she told them? Come and see. Is the same ministry I'm talking to you about. He said, come and see a man who told me everything about myself. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to tell you there is a ministry called Come and See. Again, you will see this ministry at work again in the book of John chapter 1, verse 35. One day, John the Baptist was hanging out with two of his own employees. You all call it disciples, but these were his team members. And they were hanging out, just chatting. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist saw Jesus walking by. And then he called his two disciples. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Behold the man. Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Bible says, the moment he told his two disciples, both of them left John to go work for Jesus. Don't let that surprise you. You do it all the time. Some of you, you're working on this job, and there are another company show up with better pay, better benefit, so you raise your Baptist hand, you give two weeks notice, and you say, I'm out. <laughs> Don't look at your neighbor. I've done it myself. 
That's what is taking place. They left John to go work for Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, the next thing you see, the Bible says one of those two people that left Reverend John the Baptist to go work for Jesus, his name is Andrew. So Andrew is no longer employed with John the Baptist. He's no longer working for Walmart. Now he's working for Kmart. Bible is not complicated. So when he started to work for Jesus, then he joined the same department I'm talking to you about. The come and see department. Guess what Andrew did? He went home and talked to his brother. His brother's name is Peter. You read about disciple Peter, apostle Peter, but think about it. What if Andrew did yes, not sir. invite him? Yes, you read about how Peter preached one day and 3,000 people joined the church. You read about Peter one day, he was walking around in his shadow. You read about Peter one day, Jesus appointed him the first pope. You are the rock upon which. Ladies and gentlemen, supposing somebody by the name Andrew did not work in the department of come and see and go invited Peter to come and join. This is the same Peter. He was going to church one day. He saw a man sitting by the gate called Beautiful. And Peter said, look on us. You see, you don't hear about Andrew. But but for Andrew, there'll be no Peter. Can I help you a little further? There was a day Jesus was preaching, and it was getting late at night. And bless God, they ran out of food. It was Andrew, the same Andrew. He was working in this department of come and see. He identified a little boy with two fish and five loaves. The same Andrew. And through Andrew, he was able, Jesus was able to feed 5,000 people. It was the same Andrew. I'm trying to help you. The Bible is not complicated. It was the same Andrew when some Greeks, they came to see Jesus. And they were prevented. See, that's the problem in our church today. Some people want to work in the church. But some of you will run them away. Because you're mean, wicked, and hateful. Don't look at your neighbor. But I'm free to preach the gospel. And some of you have become so demonic that when you see the pastor, you will smile. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But as soon as I leave, you go back into your demonic spirit and begin to run God's people out of church. You'll be amazed how many people have left this church because of people in this church. 
One day the Lord will free me. I'll be calling them by name. The Lord is, is taking me to a place I never <laughs> contemplate. He said, be bold. Don't be afraid of them. Isaac was talking about this. He said, he's digging wells. And the more he's digging the well, some people are coming and throwing stones in the well. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus used Andrew. Andrew went and get his brother, Peter. He brought Peter to Jesus. My message to you is the same. There is a ministry for you and me in the department called Come and See. If you follow what I've been telling you, Andrew found Peter. Jesus found Philip. Philip found Nathaniel. The woman at the well found all the Negro men in the city. It's the same department. Come see a man. Can you imagine if all of us here will work in that department? Every pew you see, every chair will be full. But you come to church to feed your own soul, but you never invite nobody. To tell you how important this department is, Jesus gave a parable of a lost sheep. He said, imagine if you have 100 sheep and one of them is lost. Will you not leave all the 99 and go find one that is lost? You really want to know the problem in central Louisiana? Our people, they're not in the church. They're outside the kingdom of God. Lost. And guess what's missing? People say they're Christians, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. They never work in the common sea department. Jesus told another parable of a lost coin. He said, imagine if a woman, because women use jewelry a lot, said, if that Jewelry is lost. One of the coins, they use coins to make headband, handband. He said that woman will stay up all night searching for that coin until he finds it. Why is it that we don't search for our brothers and sisters that are lost? To tell you how important this department is, in the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, go by the highways. Go by the byways. Compel men and women to come that my house will be full. 
In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, he says, go to all nations. Make disciples of all of them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. He said, behold, I'm with you. You don't work for God and lose. If you get sick, he'll heal you. If you run out, he'll make a way. The righteous are never forsaken. Their seed never beg for bread. But yet, many of us, we would rather sit down in the pews and struggle all our lives instead of simply get employed by Almighty God. Find something to do in the kingdom of God. It's not enough for you to come here week after week and be equipped. You must be spiritually employed in the kingdom of God. So, brother pastor, if you say, come and see is so winning, what is the definition of that? I don't want you to be such an encyclopedian Britannica. To me, working in this department is very simple. It is one beggar sharing with another beggar how to get bread. The truth be told, you and me, we are beggars. But by the grace of God, we find the house of bread. A common see ministry is when you have the understanding that you're not saved just to be saved by yourself. And then you go to another beggar and show him or her how to find bread. You know what is so sad, though? If I pass the microphone from this corner all the way, covering every section, all the way to this corner, if I ask each of you the question, how many souls have you brought into the kingdom of God this year? 99.9 of you will flunk that test with a, a complete F grade. You come into church, but you're not winning any soul for Christ. We need to change our ways. We need to restructure our church. We need to make it a priority to win soul. This is the most important department in the kingdom of God. Brother Pastor, okay, I get it. Why is winning souls such a big deal? I'll tell you why. Number one, because souls have value. Did you hear what I said? You wonder why I said that? The Bible says in the word of God, the book of Genesis, it says every soul is made in the image of God in the likeness of God. If something is made in the image of God, don't you think that thing has value? The Bible said we were made out of dust. It was a pile of dust. Then God breathed into
into that dust. A man became a living soul. I get so tickled when some of you go around thinking you're better than the other. One pile of dirt, thinking he's better than another pile of dirt. You see how messed up we are? The truth be told, you're a dust. Ain't nothing, I'm a dust. And when it's all over, we're going back to you. From dust to dust. Ashes to ashes. <laughs> that is why be careful that you don't look down on anybody. Every soul is precious in the sight of God. That is why we must make it a priority to win soul. Another reason why we should make it a priority to win soul is what the book of Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says. He said, what shall a profit a man? You're CEO of this, you're, you're, you're head of this department, you're supervisor over here. What will it profit you? If you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. That's why soul winning is very important. I'll tell you another reason why it's important. It's because life is short. Are you listening to me? We don't have forever. I know many of you live as if you're here. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. The Bible says life is nothing but a vapor. Today you're here with your pretty self tomorrow. That's why we've got to get into the business of winning soul quick. Another reason why we need to do this is because there's the reality of hell. You got to care for people enough that you don't want them to go to hell. I have a little problem in my, in my home. I don't mind sharing with you. My wife will, will say, why are you trying to kill yourself because of these people? I just told you why. Hell is real. Is worth all the trouble. Are you listening to me? You need to make it a priority that you do everything you can. I said, number one, souls have value. Number two, time are short. Number three, I'm saying this, the reality of hell the Bible says, even if your right hand offends you, cut it off. You are better off to make heaven with one hand than for you to have both hands and you're born in hell. Are you all listening here? Ladies and gentlemen, people are important. 
Don't just pass them by. Invest your time to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, I share with my church this morning. I say, look, I appreciate this church. And I thank God for all the various ministries. We believe in doing good works. But I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, your good work would never get you to heaven. Are you listening to me? Of what good if we feed the poor, but the poor go to hell? Just think about it. We believe in taking care of the poor. But of what good if we pay your rent every month, but you have no place in heaven? Ladies and gentlemen, it's about soul winning. Our soul must be number one priority. Ladies and gentlemen, we believe in healing. But of what good if we heal your body, but you lose your soul? What we need, I'm trying to shift. You see, the church is a big ship. And the Lord just gave me privilege for a few years to, to, to captain the ship. I'm a big ship is, is not easy to turn. Because you've been doing things in tradition. And, and so I'm trying to steer this ship in the direction of soul winning. Every other thing is secondary. Ladies and gentlemen, we believe in prophecy, all right. And it's good to prophesy. Your presence, your future. But of what good if your future does not include heaven? Then we are no better than the Muslims. Then we are no better than the Hindus. They help people. They feed the poor. Louis Farrakhan had a drug program. They do good. What set us apart is the soul. Winning the soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so important to God. The Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever, anybody, black, white, Democrat, Republican, rich, poor, regardless of your nationality, whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So now I want to show you. Now I told you about this job announcement. I told you about what they do in that department how they invite people to come and see. And I want to show you briefly how to do it. So that when you live here today, you can go to work. And I'll show you the, the, the benefits. It's unreal. Jesus went on record. My brothers and sisters who are lawyers here, he's good when somebody go on record. He went on record. He said, nobody who has left their father who's left their mother, who's left their, their time, 
to serve in the kingdom of God will go without reward. In this life. In the life to come. You will never lack a thing. Every now and then my children will say, how did you make it? You're on a foreigners. You came with nothing. I'm just telling you my secret. He's been employed by God. No job can match this. No career can equal you working for God. And the number one department in the kingdom of God is soul winning. How do you do it? How do I become a soul winner? How will you become a soul winner? Number one, you must have a relationship with God. You cannot talk about a God you don't know. He said to Nicodemus, hey dude, let's cut through the chase. You must be born again. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about you going to Sunday school or you singing the choir or you're a preacher, you've been pastoring. In fact, he said, some of you will say to God, look at what I did. I was on the trusty board. I was on the deacon board. And he will look at you and say, depart from me. I don't know you. What do you need? What do I need? A personal relationship. You need to know that you know that you know that you know you've been born again. I don't know about you. I know I've been changed. I went home to Africa one day. True story. Brother Terrence. And I saw some of my schoolmates. We grew up together. And they remember how we were. We used to be bad kids, you know. So what we do, and they think I'm a genius back then. So they would take the money. We would go to people's farm. We have farms. Okay? And they have barns in that farm. And then they, they lock the, the barns. They have a padlock with numbers, a combination. Yours truly am an expert. I can open any combination. I don't know where that kind of smartness comes from. It must be from the devil himself. But so all my friends, we will go to your home, we'll go on your farm, and they say, hey, Joshua, my boy, you can do it. <laughs> Just give me a few minutes, and sure enough, I'll open it. And all of them, ah, you're so smart. Then we climb <laughs> and steal everything we want. We sure do. <laughs> That's why you can't get me to condemn people. <laughs> Apostle Paul said, the saying is true that Jesus came to this world to die for sinners. He said, among which I am the chief of them. <laughs> I was so good at it. They, they will send for me. I guess the other kids, they're not smart. They're dumb. I don't know what their problem is. They will come get me. 
so I went home not too long ago, and all of them are grown now. And they would say, Josh, you remember? Man, you so smart. You remember how you did? And I have to tell them, that Joshua is dead. I say, you are looking at a different man. When a man is in Christ, can you handle? He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things. You cannot make me steal anything from anyone. I know I've been changed. I know in whom I believe. I know he's able to keep that which I put in his hand. I know that all things work together for my good. I know if this early tabernacle is the sun, I have a place eternal in the heaven, none made by hand. I know to be absent from the body is to be present. It is good to know. I'm trying to help somebody. You must be born again. You know, I was teaching this morning, and I, I digress to share with the people how you can know if you've been really born again. It's very important. I just don't want you to be coming to church thinking, well, maybe I'm saved. You can know for sure if you've been born again. How do you know? Number one, check your love work. People that are saved, they are notoriously loving. The love of God. The Holy Spirit lives in them. They will even love people who are unlovable. The reason why many of you are player haters is because you're not saved. Salvation will change you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. You can, God is my witness. I was in a church True story. Uh, my wife will remember. We were in a church in, in Fairfield, Arkansas. And the whole church summoned me. I was the musician. I played piano like that sister did. And they said, pa, Reverend Joshua, we want to make you the pastor. We're going to fire our own pastor. I ran so fast from them. I said, you folks are the devil that I'm trying to run from. I will never, never be a part of any mess in this city. My salary was $400. $100 per week. And they said, if you become a pastor, they will increase it to 2500 I said, to hell with your money. Are you listening to me? If you are saved, your love work will show it. You will not be a part of any mess. You will not join no clique. You won't be kissing up to nobody because the love of God constrains you. Another evidence of you being saved is that 
you'll be very humble. Safe people are very humble people. You know why they are humble? Because they can look back. Sometimes my children are grown now. When they were young, I'd be crying. And they said, Daddy, are you all right? Is something wrong with you? I said, no, there's nothing wrong with me. When I look back over my life and see things that could have happened and things that almost happened and the only reason I'm still here by the grace of God. I've had struck, I've had heart attack, I even fell in the, in the pulpit. But look at me, I'm still here. You know what I'm trying to tell you? It will make you humble. It will make you appreciate life. You wake up every day. Nobody can make you hate anybody. The love of God constrains you. You know something else? When you, when you are really born again, ladies and gentlemen, you will, you will live a life of obedience. Obeying God become a priority to you. Things that everybody finds easy or convenient. When, you, when they want you to speak up, you'll be constrained. Obedience is the mark of a child a man or a woman who is born again. And I'll tell you, I told you about your love walk. I told you about your spirit of humility. I'll tell you about a life of obedience. Let me tell you also how you deal with the trials of this world is different. When everybody is freaking out, you will have peace in the midst of storm. Willie Jackson said it, he's in the, in the song, he said, something on the inside is working on the outside. Oh, it's a result of the change that is in your life. When people expect you to be weeping, you will still have a smile on your face. People expect you to be dis, depressed, but something will keep you going. You will still have peace the midst of your storm. Evidence of being born again. Now I see, my time is up again. I see the police people. So, so here is the conclusion of the matter. If you want to sign up to work in this department, you need to know how to witness to people. It's not difficult at all. All you need to do is teach them A, B, C. Just three letters. A, B, C. I wonder if you learn your A, B, C. I tell people when I go to home going, I say, it don't matter what you have done in life. Your good work will never get you to heaven. But letter A, you must accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Letter B, you must be baptized. 
Let us see you must be a part of a local church. You know what is wrong with the church today? We have many of you in the building, but you have never accepted Jesus. We have many of you in the building, but you're not even baptized. Some of you, I will ask you, when did you accept Jesus Christ? You know, Rev, I don't remember. Well, something that important, you need to know that you know. You ought to remember. You remember your birthday. You remember your anniversary. You better remember your anniversary. Your spouse will, will knock you out. So if you remember the day you graduate, the day that you were born, why will you not remember the day you were born again? Could it be you're not really sure if you're born again? You must accept the Lord Jesus. You must be baptized with him. And you have to be a part of a church. The same thing. The Lord show me when you go to witness. Just do your ABC. What is A? Help that person to admit that he is a sinner. The first letter is admission. Many of you, you're on your way to hell because you never admit you no good. In fact, the church is so messed up, some of them think they're better than the other. But when you really know that the Bible is true, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned. We all come short of the glory of God. Ain't no good thing. God created heaven and earth so that we can hang out with him. Adam and Eve messed up. If you are born of any woman, you are a product of sin. Every one of us, we are so messed up, there, there was separation. You know why God has to separate from us? God is holy. We messed up. You can't miss holy and mess. So he separate himself. So the question is, why is the people of Israel expecting a Messiah? They needed somebody to show up to reconcile us back to God. That's why Jesus came. That is why you have to recognize up front that you need God. If you're a crackhead, and you cannot even admit that you are crackhead, no, nobody can help you. you got to recognize you got problem. So letter A, help people to see and let them admit to themselves. Admission is first step. Secondly, you have to believe in the Lord Jesus. The second letter B is believe. And the third letter C is to confess him as your Lord and as your Savior. Where do I get that? Romans chapter 10 verse 9. It says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that God sent him to this planet to die for your sin. And God raised him up on the third day. 
you shall be saved. I'm going to ask every one of you to stand. My time is up. I want to invite somebody today. If you want to make sure your struggling days are over. You want to become gainfully employed by God in the department of common sea. Department of soul winning. You are the one that God sent me to. I get excited in the word of God that says no one who work for me will lose. He said, I will take care of you on this earth and I will take care of you in the life to come. So if you're here, you say, Pastor, yes, it's true. I've never win a soul for the Lord. I want to start today. Or you hear, you say, I see I can do a whole lot more. Souls are fallible. Life is short. Hell is real. God prioritized this department in his kingdom. I want to be a part of it. Find your way to the altar. You're the one that God sent me to. Say, Lord, use me. Lord, bless me. Lord, I make myself available. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Somebody else is coming up. Hallelujah. Come unto Jesus. This morning, we share the same message. Guess what? This place was packed out with people. People that say, Lord, here am I. Use me. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a deacon. I'm not a prophet. But I sure can share with somebody about their A, B, C. Lord, I've been coming to feed my soul. But now I want to do more. I want to reach out and help my brothers, my sisters. You're the one God sent me to. Is there somebody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. brother, my sister. This is true story. Yesterday, somebody 48 years old. That's the truth. She just dropped it. I buried her yesterday. Right in this building. I did the homecoming. The Holy Spirit told me, say, don't Tell these people how to be good. We got all kinds of programs. We got music concert. We got feed the children. We got a cover fair. We got it all. Church annual. None of them will help your people. The most important thing is the soul, the soul, the soul of them. He said, I turn the whole homegoing funeral into a soul winning. More than 20 people gave their life to Christ yesterday. At a funeral, 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. I want to pray with you that God will use you on your job. God will use you. Notice what Andrew did. The first thing he did, he went and get his own brother. There are many of you, you are here, but your spouse is not here. You are here, your children are not here. You have co-workers. You have people working for you. You have people you work for. You have people, you have friends. So the assignment I want to give to you, take at least three people. Write their name down when you get home. Three people that you know they are not saved. Three people that you know they don't have what you have. And number two, begin to pray for them for the next one week. Don't say anything yet to them. Begin to pray. Lord, send laborers into their vineyard. Lord, help me to reach my brother. Help me to reach my son. Help me to reach my daughter. Help me to reach my spouse or whoever they are. And then totally talk to them about their ABC and see what God's going to do. I say this with utmost humility. Over there we are world. They call me a professor. But I don't call myself a professor. I'm a soul winner. Many young men and women come into a Christian school and they never heard of Jesus. And I'm amazed when you really engage people and you talk to them about their ABC, how willingly when you approach them and you let them know you just as messed up as the rest of them. But God looked beyond my fault and saw my name. God is waiting for you and me to become soul winners for Christ. And what is so good about it he said, when you work for him, he will never owe any man. He has got your back. He will heal you when you are sick. He will make a way out of no way. He will take care of your problem. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit will welcome you. Thank you for reaching out into our heart this morning. We don't deserve it. Oh, I should have been dead. Rotten in my grave. But Lord, you look beyond my fault. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters here. Thank you for what you're about to do in their life. Eyes have not seen it. Ears have not heard it. It's not been conceived in the hearts of men. What you God has in stock for everyone before this altar. Lord, I pray that you will provide them opportunity. Lord, they are coming to covenant with you. Saying, Lord, use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, I pray that you will make provision. 
Wherever you give a vision, you always give provision. Lord, I pray that you will supply all their needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray for a double portion of your anointing upon everyone before this altar. Use us, oh God, for your glory in this community. Lord, I thank you for all the benefits. David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I won't forget all the benefits. You heal all their disease, oh God. You satisfy their mouth. I'm telling you, church, what God will do for you when you start to work with him. He will satisfy your mouth with good things. Your youth will be renewed as an eagle. He will forgive it, all your iniquities. If you don't believe me, go home and read it, Psalm 103. And I stand in agreement with the word of God today. That every one of God's promise will manifest in your life. I pray that God will grant you the desires of your heart. I pray that God will sustain you. And use you mightily for his glory. This is my prayer for you. It is so. In Jesus name. Open your mouth, shout amen. If you are in agreement, shout amen. amen. If you're ready to be used by God beyond measure, open your mouth, shout amen. amen. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap off. Thank you so much. I appreciate your willingness to study the word of God with me. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will stand. If you're here today and you're looking for a church home, after the benediction, I want you to please meet the pastor and his wife here. We want to welcome you to this church. We want to celebrate your decision to be a part of what God is doing. All minds clear? And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. I pray that he will rest with you. I pray that he will abide in you. I pray that he will lead you to green pasture. I pray that he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your player haters. I pray that he will order your footsteps. This is my prayer for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you.